Hello, Happy New Year, and welcome to Natsukashi, the podcast where we reminisce about all the things that we love and miss about living in Japan, while sharing with you some of the things that we are enjoying and that are helping us get through the last couple of very tough and travel banned years. I'm your host, Alice, and today it's just me, no co host or guest, just checking in to wish all of you a Happy New Year update you on the future of the Natsukashi podcast, and talk a little bit about what's currently making me nostalgic, or Natsukashi. Let's start off with what's currently making me Natsukashi for traveling back to Japan. One of the things that Japan does very well is their seasonal marketing and limited edition themed goods. For example, I just saw that Suntory has a new winter horoyai, Horoyai are the cans of very low alcohol content chuhai. They look like soda cans. I think they're around 3% alcohol by volume. They're quite good and inexpensive, less than two US dollars per can. When I would go grocery shopping, I would always go to the section with the horoyai and see all of the flavors lined up, and I would usually just stick with the peach because while I like to think I'm adventurous, I'm also a creature of habit, and I know what I like. But now I see that they have a strawberry milk cream flavor. We talked about this in a previous episode, but here in America, strawberries are considered a summer fruit. That's when they show up in grocery stores here. But in many areas of Japan, strawberries are grown all year long. So it's not strange to see that a strawberry is considered a winter themed flavor. And the limited edition cans design is very pretty and really eye catching, as you would expect from Japan. The strawberries covered in the condensed milk makes it look like strawberries in the snow. I want it! But sadly, these aren't one of the items that you can go ahead and just pay more for here and get in something like a Japanese snack subscription box because alcohol. So, no creamy snow strawberry chuhai this year, but that's okay. There will be a different, but I'm sure just as lovely, limited edition flavor for us to try another time. Japan's New Year celebrations are very different from New Year's in America. We may make resolutions for the upcoming year and stay up till midnight to celebrate, maybe with a champagne toast and a kiss for our partner. I shared an unexpectedly large bottle of plum wine last night with my co host, hence why I am now recording this podcast alone today. In Japan, New Year's festivities or Oshogatsu begin mid December with cleaning the home, making it fresh for the new year, hanging New Year's decorations and preparing special foods for the holiday, spending time with and exchanging gifts for family, and they end on January 15th with dondoyaki, when those decorations are taken down. That's the very basic, basic, simple explanation of this month-long celebration, which leads me to the next thing that set off my natsukashi. Many stores during this time will clear out old merchandise by offering fukubukuro, or lucky bags. From clothing shops to anime goods, coffee shops, home goods, pet supplies, lots of stores offer lucky bags. I would love this year to get a pet lucky bag, or specifically, I would need five lucky bags for my foster cats. 
it's a bit of a gamble because you don't know what you're going to get in these bags and they range in price depending on store and size of the bag and number of products in the bag, but usually on the whole, they're quite a good deal. Now in America, there is no way I would go into a clothing store, let's say, see a closed bag for $150 and go, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. I'm going to just buy this thing that I have no idea what's going to be in it. But in Japan, they are such good deals. And if you know which stores you like, you're probably going to be happy with most, if not all of the things in the bag. A very popular and inexpensive lucky bag that I wish I could get this year is Mr. Donut. It always comes with a coupon or a gift card inside that is equal to the cost of the bag in donuts and coffee. So if you buy donuts or coffee there anyway, you've already come out even on the cost of the bag. Last year, that feels weird saying last year for 2021 already, but last year their collab theme was with Pokemon. And in addition to getting the coupons for the donuts, the bag came with a Pokemon wall calendar, a full-sized canvas Pokemon tote bag, a roll of washi tape, and a small pouch kind of the size of a small makeup bag for your purse. That was the small lucky bag that cost about 20 US dollars. They have a larger one for 10 more dollars with even more stuff in it. Pretty sure if I saw that Pokemon tote bag in a shop, it would be at least $20 on its own. And collabs and themes change every year. When we lived there, they were collabing with the San X company and the goods were all Rilakkuma. There's something about lucky bags and I suppose it depends on the company, but it feels a lot less consumerist and a lot more like a genuine thank you to the customers. Of course, it's still retail, it's still selling something, but especially with the Mr. Donut lucky bag, there's just something sweet and wholesome about it. So I'm not Sakashi for that. Another thing that makes lucky bags fun is that you and a friend can purchase the exact same lucky bag from a store, but your items might be slightly different. Maybe you both got a tote bag, but they have different prints, and maybe you prefer theirs and they prefer yours, and you can exchange. Or you splurged on a clothing bag from your favorite brand, but there's this one sweater that's just not flattering on you and your friend loves it. So you have a little gift to give that probably ended up costing you nothing because the value on items in these bags usually are quite massively discounted from their regular retail price. You're sort of gambling, but it's the kind of gambling that I think is fun and can get behind. And I miss it. Now, you can use shopping services and just pay extra to get some lucky bags from Japan. And if there's an item you know came in a bag and you really want it, you can probably find it for sale online. But I miss just being there during this time to choose my own bags and to find unique bags that are offered by smaller local shops. The treasure hunting is the part that I miss. Hopefully next year. 2022 is the year of the tiger. And I've also been seeing many, many cute tiger-themed goods, such as tiger wagashi, traditional Japanese candy. Now, if you live in a larger city, you may be able to find items like this. If I was still living in Southern California, I could definitely find some cute New Year's tiger-themed goodies in Chinatown or a little Tokyo. But here in the Midwest, I won't be seeing any cute tiger New Year's decorations or themed items for sale. No New Year's tigers for me, but that's okay. I'm a year of the rabbit anyway, so next year's my year. And speaking of tigers and also lucky bags and limited edition goods, Starbucks, whose lucky bags always sell out every year, has a very cute Oshogatsu themed coffee mug this year. 
At first, I thought it might have been a snowman. Unlike our three-stack snowman, in Japan, snowmen have only two stacks because their design is based on the daruma. This coffee cup still might be a snowman, I don't know, but it also looks like a kagami mochi. Kagami mochi is both a New Year's decoration and a snack. It's two balls of mochi, one larger than the other and stacked together, and then topped with a tiny bitter orange. So this mug looks like a two-stack snowman or a kagami mochi with the top having the face and ears of a polar bear maybe. The orange handle is what makes me think of the kagami mochi because of the orange that would usually be on top. It's so different from anything that we're going to see here in the States. I'm not necessarily a huge fan of Starbucks. I don't even go to Starbucks. I go to a local little family-owned coffee shop in my town. But seeing the way that even a big corporation like Starbucks Japan put together really special items for the different seasons makes me really happy. And it's not just during the new year. Being considerate and bringing back gifts for coworkers and neighbors when you travel is part of Japanese culture. Because Japan has a gift-giving tradition that extends a bit further than the average birthday and December holidays here, I feel like there are just more opportunities to find affordable, cute, and useful gifts for family and friends there year-round. I don't know if I can explain it exactly, but it doesn't just feel like shopping and consumerism. There's a, once again, charming and wholesome feeling about it that I just don't get here. I mean, Black Friday sales in America... Oof, I would never describe that as a wholesome or charming or enjoyable experience. So yeah, I'm not gushy for being able to find nice little gift items that mark the time that help to make a memory that's special. While the mug itself is cute and different, at least to what is offered here in the U.S., I like that if I were to give that to someone, they'd always be able to look at it and know the exact season and year that we exchanged gifts. So here's my question. Is the Japanese snowman two-stack design that's based on the Dharma also how the Kagami Mochi came about? Is that related in any way? Am I just jumping to conclusions or am I learning something? I'll have to research more, which is partly why I do this podcast. I am still learning things as I go, even though I am no longer in Japan. See, if my co-host was here, I'd have more info for you because he first traveled to Japan during his college world religions class. And he's the one that taught me about the connection between the Dharma and the two-stack snowman. Google has let me down on this one. However, if you would like to enjoy a Kagami Mochi, you can find these for sale online. I just found one on eBay of all places that has a plastic tiger figurine on it and is okay to eat up until the end of March. Looks like it comes from Hawaii, so you know what? It's probably pretty good, actually. So maybe that's one new tradition for this year that you can still adopt and enjoy. Also, just want to put it out there that these traditions in and from Japan are a combination of Shinto, Buddhist, and just modern traditions and can be enjoyed and practiced by anyone. My final Natsukashi for this episode is a bit more serious, so I'll keep it brief. I just want to be able to see friends and acquaintances that I haven't been able to for years, to be able to reconnect and catch up in person. Once again, there were some little tiny noises that were starting to be made about border restrictions loosening up, and then bam, here comes another variant. So the occasional updates from friends overseas have been really hitting us both harder than usual with the longer that this continues. Long-distance relationships can already be a challenge to maintain, especially when there is a language barrier and cultural differences to consider. 
Postcards and emails are wonderful, but they can't completely replace being able to sit down together and talk face-to-face, maybe with some cheap cans of horoyai or hopefully something better. This podcast was born from a combination of frustration and hopefulness. Life was seeming to come to a complete standstill, and I thought that by sharing my memories from my time in Japan, it would be a good way to not only distract myself from how small and limited the pandemic had suddenly made my world, but to entertain and connect with people who might be feeling the same way. For those of you that have also been separated from family or friends during the past couple of years, Know that we are thinking of you, and one of our wishes for the new year is still for all of our continued good health and for a future of safe travel full of all the meaningful experiences and connections that you desire. Thanks for listening to Natsukashi. And if you're interested in hearing future episodes, please remember to follow, rate, and review. It really helps us get out there and get exposed to new listeners. This podcast is a labor of love with zero marketing budget, so word of mouth and a little bit of interaction really does help keep it going. I still have plenty of things that I'm excited to share with you, along with activities and tips to help get you through this. You can email me at natsukashipodcast at gmail.com with any comments or questions. You can also leave me a voice message at anchor.fm natsukashi. I would love to hear from you and what you're looking forward to on your next trip, or maybe there's something that you're super nostalgic for that I haven't covered yet. Maybe I don't even know about it. Maybe it was a unique experience that you had and that is special to you. I want to hear about it, and I bet our listeners would love to as well. Since this is a shorter update episode and kind of a reboot for 2022, I just want to let you know that the show notes will have all of our contact information as well as a brief list of some of the podcast networks that we're currently on. Just in case you want to recommend us to any family or friends and they say, well, I don't have such and such Spotify, Apple, what just moves and you can say, ah, but I know that you listen to audiobooks on Audible and Natsukashi is on there, so give it a listen. Continue to stay safe and healthy, and I hope that someday we'll run into each other, maybe at a snow festival over some warm cups of amazake. Or maybe we'll be racing each other over some last remaining lucky bags, but that's okay. Because I'll just be happy that you and I can both be traveling and experiencing new things. Until then, thanks for listening. <laughs>